0: And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into a Locked On crossover edition. Chris Gordy here from Locked On Big 12 or Locked On SEC, joined by Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. And uh, we got plenty we got to discuss, particularly with our two conferences coming together. Can they make agreements here? We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, this episode is brought to our friends, brought to you by our friends over at Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart a gift that'll be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Josh, let's jump into it. As the report came out earlier this week from Brett McMurphy, headline reads, Oklahoma, Texas gaining momentum to leave Big 12 and join the SEC early by 2024. When you saw that... I guess I wasn't very surprised by it. I was like, good, makes sense. But what was your reaction when you saw that?
1: Yeah, not surprised. Uh, the party line from all the folks involved, not shocking, has been, we're here to see out the grant of rights till 2025, and we're all excited to go our separate ways when that does eventually happen. Um, with that in mind, uh, you know, it's there is a, an effort to get this thing done to get it done a bit earlier which makes a ton of sense, right? Everybody wants to go their separate ways. Everybody wants to be able to go on, you know, to the, to the, to the next thing. Um, so not surprised. And it sounds like the Big 12 and Oklahoma and Texas have been working on this for a while. I think the big pieces now are, can we get all the television partners on board? And it's going to take a little something different from each television partner, if you will, to kind of get on board.
0: We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, here's what McMurphy talks about. He said there's a lot of moving parts, but there is the desire on many fronts for this thing to get done and to have the Sooners and Longhorns exit the Big 12 following the 2023 season, which is next year. As we know, uh, the Big 12 is expanding starting next year, and it's going to be very weird and awkward as uh, you know the brand-new wife and family move in and the ex-wife is still kind of living in the house with Texas and Oklahoma. And, you know, when we talk about Houston and Cincinnati and BYU and UCF. These are four really good programs that are really excited and looking to, uh, you know, really excited about expanding and getting into the the, uh, the Big 12. I mean, I've talked to folks at Houston who, um, you know, they, they have talked a little bit about, um, you know, them getting to have home games and going from home games against, Tulsa and ECU to now getting home games against Baylor and you know Oklahoma State and Texas just, Tech yeah Texas Tech right and they're going to get either you know possibly a home game with Oklahoma or Texas you know is it or maybe have to go out to play one of them so they're excited about that but I think most people most of those teams are looking look it's gonna be fun for like a one year thing but we don't want these guys hanging around more than that we want to see them hit the road too so there's so many dominoes here that 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 have to fall but. Just from a standpoint of awkwardness of the Big Twelve having all these extra teams next year, it just doesn't seem like, you know, it seems like this is something that that really should have uh, like it shouldn't even be happening for one year. The the transition should have been
1: fluid. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be bizarre to have have one year of like the new, but not new Big Twelve, right? I mean, it's it's gonna be OU in Texas. And and I think like the running bit everybody has been talking about, because we, we don't have a schedule yet. We have no conference schedule yet for the Big Twelve next year. Is like Oklahoma's trip to Provo. Like I, I work with a couple of Oklahoma guys and like that's been the running bit is like when's that trip coming? What's gonna happen? So yeah, it's it is it is the, the old wife and the kids and the whole divorce analogy, whatever it is, right? All of that's happening right now. Um and it's gonna persist, it's gonna continue to happen, is what it sounds like. So I, I think you know, if it went two years, like it would be less weird. The fact that it it sounds like it might only be one. Is really odd. Like we're gonna have this this fourteen team league, and uh, they're gonna play. it, all, Obviously, old big, you know, the current Big Twelve style, where you know everybody plays somebody. It used to be everybody plays everybody. Now it's gonna be everybody plays somebody and gets in the way. But the sentiment about wanting OU and Texas out is a hundred percent there. Every single time I do a video, uh, I do a show, th- the sentiment from remaining Big Twelve fans, Chris, is get these guys the hell out of here. From Oklahoma and Texas fans, they've all been complaining about the lack of penalties or whatever it is this season. They said, wow, you know, the, the fix really in, which I mean, this is, that's not how this works at all. It's sorry. It's, you know, football conspiracy theory in college football, man, it's, it's out there, but like that, that's not how it went this year. You probably should have played a little bit better. Um, but those, that's been there. So everybody's kind of waiting for it. But financially, it has to make sense. There are contracts that must be honored commitments that have to be honored. And so we can't just say, let's do it. Let's break up. Let's make the thing happen. There are television partners that must be satisfied in all of this. And so as much as I'm ready to move on, as much as you're probably ready to move on, as much as OU and Texas fans and Kansas State and Oklahoma State and Houston and BYU fans are ready to move on, this stuff has to be sorted out first because of the different timelines of granted rights and television contracts
0: what's so interesting is that you know, when we talk about the the strength of of the conferences, you know, I, th- I think on the outside looking in, a lot of you know folks in the SEC and nationally look at, oh, the big twelve. I mean, it's it's Oklahoma and Texas. They are the powers. they are they are these two big forces. And certainly the SEC is ready to take them on. But what's so funny, Josh is looking back on it, is this year and last year, neither of those teams even played in the big twelve conference game, you know, the conference championship last year. It was Baylor and Oklahoma State, and then this year Kansas State and TCU. Neither Oklahoma or Texas was even in that game, and so for the for the future of the Big Twelve, it looks strong because man, look at all our different teams that are coming and going, and we're going to add four new teams in here, and it's going to open the, the the playing field. But I saw some people saying, "Oh, it's going to be awkward if Texas or Oklahoma was playing the Big Twelve title game," and I'm
1: going, "Hey, man, pump the brakes. We don't even know if yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right two years." And it's funny because so I picked i I thought at the start of the year that that's the title game we we're gonna get. I thought it was gonna be OU in Texas. And it's funny that we mentioned this too. So when we got the news from Sports Business Journal about the new the big twelve television deal, what really made Fox want to stay involved was that competitiveness. And, and look, let's add in the last three years. Last three years, the big twelve title game has had six different teams in the title game. One of them was OU, yes, back in 2020. But Iowa State has been there, Kansas State, TCU this year, Oklahoma State, and Baylor in the interim. It is that competitiveness. There's no illusion about who the number one conference in America is. It is the SEC. Nobody is, nobody is uh, debating that. But for the Big 12 to have have different schools come up. Have them make that rise, have them play in the title game, and, and for TCU to be in the Big 12 championship. And then, honestly, you know, let's let's spin this thing forward to what a 12-team playoff looks like, Chris, right? Kansas State would be in this year, but TCU would also be in. There's no way they would leave the TCU Horned Frogs out of this thing. This would be one of those years, and I think we have a lot of those years, where there are two teams in the Big 12 that would be in the, the CFP and two very deserving teams. I promise this. Not many teams want to play Kansas state right now. Not at all. I mean, with the way that they look, this isn't like last year's Utah. This is like a incredibly well-rounded healthy version of the Kansas state Wildcats under Will Howard. So there is that, that appetite, you know, obviously to have more of that uh, the teams keep turning over. It's entertaining. There's no Bama, there's no Georgia, but that's what makes this league different and a separate television product. I think from the Southeastern conference.
0: Yeah, what uh, some Alabama fans I've talked to are saying, uh, God forbid, you know, Bryce Young and Will Anderson, these guys opt out of the bowl. Yeah, they got to go play a hungry Kansas State team. They they just don't want to go and watch Jalen Milrow lose to Kansas State and have... Kansas state fans beating their chest. We beat
1: Bama. We beat well, Bama. LSU last year. Right? I mean, LSU had like what, 20 scholarship players in that game and Kansas state, you know, said, all right, they took them behind the woodshed and with their ass. So it was like, and that's, that's what Alabama's facing this year. And that's the thing about these big 12 teams is they, they bring a little bit of that underdog mentality, which they should uh, to some extent.
0: All right. Coming up next, we're going to hit on a couple of the uh, factors on why the likelihood of an early move, for OU in Texas has increased from Brett McMurphy. We'll touch on that in just a second. But this episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. Look, you're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. No big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car Josh, let's get back into it. Reading this piece from Brett McMurphy earlier this week. And a few of the uh, factors, he said, why the likelihood of an early move that uh, for OU and Texas to the SEC has increased. We'll start here. The big 10 is going to grow to 16 teams in 2024 with the addition of USC and UCLA. It also happens to coincide with the year that the college football expansion uh, goes to 12 teams to me the big 12, you don't want to be sitting there with those two extra teams having added the four new teams in 2023. It's just going to take away your chances of likelihood of getting some of your teams a chance to go to the playoff.
1: Yeah. It's, it's that immediate, you know, cause here's the thing in the immediate, you make money from that. Right. But perception wise, God forbid you send Oklahoma to the playoff in a, you know, a year before they go to the sec. And also Chris, I think that's huge. I think Think about where the Big Ten is going to be then. Fox, right? That is where they will be. And then at that point in time, obviously, that's when the SEC and ESPN exclusive deal, right? That CBS 330 game kicks over to, to Mickey Mouse and Disney and ESPN and ABC, right? So I think everybody wants to have their full stable ready to go. And I think that kind of war of the two top conferences is set to play out in 2024. So it makes sense for why you want the full complement. Is it the end of the world if, those, if, if the SEC doesn't have them by then? But no, it's not. But you kind of want to stack you know, the the two power leagues, have all of your ducks in a row, right? Have all the big dogs in the barn ready to go. And so I think that's the number one thing about – and, and I thought this the entire time too. That's the number one factor if you're the conferences or if you're the conference in this case – uh, the SEC at least and then for the big 12 obviously let's not send you were Texas when they might leave the next year kind of makes us look weak if we're sending a playoff team elsewhere
0: yeah and that was one of the other factors that McMurphy put in he said the big 12 securing their new media rights deal right. it, this gets very into the weeds on things but let's let's talk about it Josh because Fox like you it said be, yeah <laughs> with with the with the rights uh, you know they they are banking on those Texas-Oklahoma games get ratings. So Fox is not just going to give those up willy-nilly. They're like, no, we're going to enjoy the the success of that. Like you mentioned, ESPN, they've got their deal with, with the SEC. They want to start putting those primetime Saturday night showdowns on, on ESPN and, and ABC and capitalize off of that. So in your opinion, what is this going to take? Is this going to take a representative from Fox and a representative from the from the SEC Big 12 and ESPN all sitting down and saying, look, let's divvy this up the right way. Figure out how to make it work financially where everybody wins.
1: Yeah, it has to. Right. So, so if you're Fox, think about it this way. I think Brett points this out. Like, what's your incentive to check off on this? What's your incentive to pass OU in Texas along to a competitor? Because you're not in business with the SEC at all. So you're not going to reap any of the benefits. I mean, what, you know, how do they make their money? They make it off advertising on these games and, Look, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, I love TCU, love Kansas State, love the story. They did a great rating last week on their championship game was nine point four million people. But Alabama, Texas was pretty darn well rated, and Texas was part of that. Texas is going to move on. So I understand and OU, Nebraska, same thing. I understand why they want to get their money's worth, right? You have to understand, like they made this commitment, and they are promised Oklahoma and Texas inventory. So what's it going to take for them to be satisfied? I think one idea Brett floated that is possible, and I think the most—not saying most likely—but the but the most likely to uh, bring back the revenue and kind of even things out is the idea that OU and Texas would schedule non-conference games with Big Twelve schools in their first couple of years in the in the uh, in the SEC. That makes sense. The problem is open dates right now. We saw in the COVID year, Chris. We can slide things around and make things happen. It's it, it's not as hard as we think, but to me, monetarily, that makes sense. If we say, okay, we'll kick, I don't know, UL Monroe right for Texas Tech, that might, and, and we put it on Fox, that might uh, make them okay. It might they might sign off on that. But once again, if you're Fox, you have to be giving us something in return because that OU. And that, uh, you know, the OU Texas inventory there is great. And the Big 12, I wouldn't sign off on letting OU and Texas leave if it pissed off one of our current and future and hopefully future future television partners.
0: Yeah, I wonder, I would love to have a peek into that bargaining room. and you know, Right. Maybe, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe the SEC could walk in and go. Did you guys even watch uh, Oklahoma this year? They were terrible. What are they going to bring to you, Fox? You don't want these guys. We we'll take them football? off your hands for it. Don't
1: worry about. It. Yeah,
0: I mean, Texas was supposed. This was supposed to be one of their years. They still lost four games. They <laughs> didn't even beat Bama, you know. So uh, I don't know what the bargaining is going to look like in those rooms. But man, there's got to be. You know, I saw Brett McMurphy's piece. He said, you know, are they going to pay the fifty million dollars. Okay, well maybe it's not the fifty million, but maybe we give you. 20 million. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be some kind of bargaining and some kind of give or take, because in my opinion, this is just what's best for all parties to, to part ways rather than wait to 2025.
1: Yeah. And you have to, you have to note here, like the, so the exit for Oklahoma and Texas to leave in in 2024, wherever it was, they they said roughly around, you know, it's, it's the distribution for like each school or whatever it is. Right. So his figure was around 80 million. He says, normally it gets negotiated to around, 60% of that money. And he said, the reason for that is, is that if a, if the schools wanted to leave and take it to court, there's a chance they could win against the conference and the conference gets nothing. So normally an amicable split, you negotiate that number down. So that's something that's there. And part of this too, I mentioned Fox second ago, like, you know, the big 12 could say, all right, sorry, Fox, we're going to short you some content here. But we've made enough money from OU in Texas paying us out that we can uh, you know, we can basically make up the difference, right? So this is – and Chris, you and I, I'm not sure about your background, not a financial background at all, right? So I, it, it's ironic because like the last like five months I'm left on Big 12. All we've been, all we've been talking about is money and television deals and pro ratas and adding schools and all that kind of stuff. So doing my best to put, you know, my margin call hat on, you know, and and trying to trying to figure this thing out. But it's going to come down to dollars and cents. They don't care about what you and I or the fans think. Although everyone, like you said, seems to be seems to be on the same page. Let's just get this thing over with. And so we can go our separate ways and start our new futures, respectively.
0: All right. When we come back on this crossover edition of Locked on SEC and Locked on Big 12, we're going to talk scheduling. For both conferences, what's it going to look like in two years? We'll discuss that uh, in just a second. But this episode is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there. Bowl season is upon us. All the bowl games are up there for you at betonline. And they got all the information you need from, the, uh, like we said, the bowl season, the college basketball, which is underway, World Cup. All that is up there at BetOnline.net. Uh, they also have podcasts if you like that as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. You can bookmark it. It should be the first spot you check every day before you go make any betting decisions. It is BetOnline.net. It is BetOnline. And it is where the game starts. Josh, we know that the uh, scheduling is going to look very different for both conferences here very soon. Let's start with the SEC. We've heard some examples of, you know, a nine-game conference schedule that they want to go to. I do think that is going to happen, go from an eight- to a nine-game conference Mm -hmm. schedule. Still don't get to play everybody every year, but it is a step forward in playing more teams more often. But we've also heard some talk of a pod system that, uh, you know, SEC may go, you'll play – two or three permanent teams and everybody else will alternate. Now we're hearing a little bit that they may not go that route. They may just keep it to one permanent or two and that's, you know, that's it. And then rotate and alternate. If Greg Sankey called you and said, Josh, we need a recommendation on how to do SEC scheduling. Once Texas and Oklahoma get here, what would you
1: tell them? Well, so, so for folks out there who don't, don't know me on the, on the locked on SEC side, I am a, sec alum i went to the university of missouri uh and so they were there the entire time i was there obviously in the sec um so i would like to see the pods but like just know that they're not pod. they're not like it's not a pod you're fixed into and it's not standings it's just look these are teams you're gonna play every year right and so i would love to see my missouri tigers play oklahoma i want to see him play texas i want to see them play arkansas Right, I, I want to see them play the, those regional teams and kind of vice versa, right? Those teams that make sense to them play. Now, obviously, Texas, they need to play Texas a and every single year. So there is some some difficulty with that. But, um, you know, I think there's two ways to go. Go pod system or just go the down the line, down the list, no divisions, right? And just rotate the schedule as much as you can. And look, I'm I'm not a genius. I, ca- I can't tell you what that looks like. But I think, Chris, I have to flip it back to you. Which direction are you feeling? Because I just think the, you know, keep two permanents and then line them up and knock them down kind of is, is the right way to go to cycle through this thing. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I was kind of on board with the three teams and doing the pods, but I, I think two makes the most sense because you right. don't want to lose the Iron Bowl. You want to keep Bama Bama, Auburn. Uh, George Auburn, I feel like you need to keep as well. Poor I mean, Auburn <laughs> has to keep yeah. those two, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, it's a tough draw. Uh, Tennessee wants to keep their rivalry rivalry with Alabama Um, so that's one that would have to stay you know you have the uh, the the inter crossings of you know LSU Arkansas has been a little bit of rivalry they've had the rivalry with Florida but I think that won't have to go away because you know just too difficult to to make it work so um, you know I I think we'll be done with what we know is the SEC East and the SEC West I think you'll just Mm -hmm. say everybody will play everybody and uh, we'll alternate every other year, um, so I think that's the best way to go. I just there's no right way to do this, but I do know that the passion and the traditions and the rivalries of the SEC they want to keep those going. You know, everybody knows uh, you know the the Georgia Auburn rivalry and the 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 Iron Bowl and all these other great rivalries. I think that they want to keep those intact. So, yeah, I think two two would make most sense. Make and, sense. and if
1: you explore it too, I mean, every year too. And if you sport like, there are kind of two rivals for every team, right? George, you know, Auburn's got the two LSU. I guess you'd play AM, and then I mean, you know, you're an LSU guy who did the second, team Arkansas,
0: you play? maybe Ole Miss, you know, Ole if Miss, you right? Back, and then okay, Ole, so Miss,
1: you, Ole Miss, Mississippi State would keep their Egg Bowl, right. then you'd find somebody else obviously to fit in you know missouri maybe you do the governor's cup with columbia columbia south carolina and then you do the battle line with arkansas right oh you keeps texas oh you add somebody else texas does a&m and then you know so I, I think there are enough rivalries kind of built in they could make that two you keep to flip everything else around thing work and You know, even if you miss somebody, you won't miss them for that long. You know what I mean? I mean, you're eventually going to play them again. Now, get them at home, get them away, sure, but you'll get them back soon.
0: Let's get into it with the Big 12. How will the scheduling look like with the Big 12 in their uh, expansion? Because uh, as it sits right now, um, you know, you're going to add more teams. And, again, once again, you're not going to be able to play everybody. So what's the Big 12 thinking as early as – you know, next year with the addition of four teams and still having to accommodate Texas and Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, I, I think the I think the plan for the Big 12 is just keep that My dog's yelling right now. Uh, he, he loves the scheduling conversation. So I would just keep the I would keep things rolling. Right. I think the one benefit the Big 12 had this year is that, like, every, you know, TCU, their one kind of trump card was they played everybody. Right. And so. I think that idea, that framework works. It's going to create more interesting matchups, time in, time out. And also, if you if you miss someone, hey, oh, I wish I would have saw Team X play Team Y. Well, if they were both good enough and you thought Team X needed the challenge of Team Y, they'll probably see each other in Arlington, right? And that's the challenge they had to have. So I think they're going to keep the same schedule. They've already said bye-bye divisions. The one true champion thing didn't work when there was no conference championship game. So I think the Big 12 uh, kind of inadvertently got ahead of the curve, right? I mean, they were, for a myriad of reasons, right, going down to 10 teams, forced them to go to play everybody. And then also the one true champion thing screwed them, so they had to go to play in conference title game. So they kind of organically worked it out amongst themselves, and I think the Big 12 is in a good spot.
0: And as good as the SEC, you know, as fun as it's been East versus West and all that, it would make more sense for an SEC championship to be the two teams with the two best records in the SEC will
1: play each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes I'll probably end up being, you know, Alabama and Georgia. Right. I, I think the one kind of benefit, like it's been so funny because all these, the big 10 is the best example. I mean, it's just like Ohio state or Michigan against whoever the hell wants to show up next week, you know, and whoever, whoever else wants to sort it out on that big 10 West side, the nice thing about the about the SEC is that the SEC West winner always feels very deserving. And Georgia recently has been clowning everybody. So it's kind of worked out organically to right where you want it to be. And I, I think the SEC is um they've gotten lucky with that, but you probably want to go away from it and just be like, all right, everybody plays everybody. And if you play most everybody, I think organically we'll find out who the two best teams are the two best teams in that conference are
0: all right before we wrap things up josh uh college football playoff will be upon us very soon give me your predictions how do you see this playing out
1: so georgia ohio state interesting um i'll take georgia in that game uh, I, I, I think i'll go that direction michigan tcu is also somewhat interesting but you love you love michigan's offensive and defensive line compared to tcus and as much as I love my guy, Max Duggan, Heisman finalist, finished number two, uh, I think it's going to end up being Michigan. And Georgia is just a better version of Michigan, right? We saw it last year. And those teams have not, you know, if you feel differently, Chris, correct me here, but those teams haven't drastically changed their identities in the last calendar year. So I still feel like Georgia is a better version of Michigan. Um, so I'll see Georgia over them. But I'll tell you this I think these matchups this year, because of the amount of talent, that that uh we see on the side of Ohio State right especially at wide receiver and maybe some deficiencies in that back end for Georgia I think that game is more interesting than we've had in the past in some semifinals and I think TCU because of their penchant for playing close games has a very good chance of pressing Michigan so I like the fact that we might see two interesting matchups hey we might not but guess what we usually don't anyway so I think we have a better chance of seeing two good matchups what about you can you make predictions
0: I'm with you. I think it's I think it's Georgia Michigan in the uh in the title game, but I will say um man, I thought second half of the SEC Championship game LSU was torching that Georgia secondary like nobody has done in the past 2 years other than Alabama in the SEC title game a year ago. So, uh I will say caution Georgia. I know Kirby's probably showing all that film to to his team, but she, CJ Stroud might be licking his lips for uh Ohio State going, "Hey man, let's go." Let's go win a shootout with Georgia. Let's last team with the ball wins, and um, you know, look if, if we get an Ohio State Michigan game in the championship, the ratings will be through the roof. Everybody's going to tune into that, and it's the it's a great rivalry. But man, you have a lot of angry people from SEC country and Big Twelve country going. Not my championship. I didn't vote for this. Can we please expand now? Can the expansion start now? Can we go to twelve teams I immediately? Can. Because nobody uh, in the South wants to see that one. But uh, no, I think Georgia has been so, so good. I I, I can't see it coming to an end uh, against an Ohio State team that, has, let's face it, did not live up to expectations largely throughout this year.
1: Very true, yeah. But, but I, I would say more so this year than other years, on paper, the matchups in the semifinal are a bit more compelling than normal.
0: They definitely are. He is Josh Neighbors, host of Locked On Big 12. I'm Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available in the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. That This has been a crossover edition of Locked On SEC and Locked On Big 12.